Watch it, boys racing. Yeah, we got and go hot. And go hot. Very good. The Peddler's Pod with Sam and Mecca. Live from our underground bunker deep below the Earth's surface, this is the Paddler's Pod for what may be the final ever time as well, because the war is still raging, and today on this episode, which is up to 42, by the 42. way, we are going to take arms and get involved. That's right, we have received many messages from many of you calling us cats, calling us cowards <laughs> for not picking up our arms and joining the great paddle war. So today we will. Maka, how does it feel to be walking into battle? Episode 42. When did World War II start? 1942. Things are feeling a little bit ominous, aren't they? 1942, gee, it was almost, it was almost on the ropes by then. It actually comes at quite a fitting time because when we did say that we were going to retreat to our bunker, we didn't expect World War III to almost begin in the meantime as well. Of course, we had a little scare yesterday, uh, thinking that World War Three was going to start when those missiles landed in Poland. But yeah. thankfully for now, it looks like... Not, we're... not from the paddle wars. No, not from actual from, world from real news. wars. Um, yeah. Thankfully, that looks like it has been resolved. A little misunderstanding. And thankfully, because we are actually about to jump on the plane to go to the Shore and Partners WA Race Week. So that would have been very unfortunate timing. Yeah, I would have been. I would have been worried. Would have been annoyed. I would have been annoyed. Yeah, <laughs> things have happened in the past with plane flights and things not going well. We got called cowards maybe a couple of times, but we're here to settle that debate, and we'll be going into depth on the paddle wars at the end of this episode. Yeah, we'll get to that a little bit later. In the meantime, I want to hear how you're going because we are actually a day away from flying to WA for the first time since 2019, which still defies all belief, but we're about to go and race again in Western Australia. I know, I can't really believe it, but uh, things are going well. I've obviously, ta- I've, I mean, my whole year has been a very unorthodox approach to training, so I'm not going to let that stop this time around. I haven't been paddling that much. I did a lot of work after I got back from back from Worlds and then sort of just been taking some time off. I just want to go there and feel good and know that my paddling ability is there. It's a bold strategy. I do respect <laughs> it. It is It is a bold strategy, though. Personally, I first. would have thought, you know, paddling more, potentially better than paddling less, but we're going to find out. Yeah, you're right. Hopefully, I'm not going to be as up and down as I have been in the past, and I'm going to go for some little bit more consistent, up-the-top results. On my side of the fence, well, I am still thinking about going over there and paddling, but I'm also now, guess, I, I, you, you're I'm not able working. to avoid the fact that I have been hired to make a TV show for the WA Race Week. So it's all happening. It is all coming together. Um, Mac, we have no time to waste. I have a big bag to pack of stuff. Um, and I know so See, I've you. got a lot to do before I get on this plane. So let's get stuck in. The Peddler's Pod. Power Plays. Once again, brought to you by the world's greatest paddle accessories and gear website. That is washrider.com. Number three. The rise of European paddling reaches unavoidable position. I've been sitting on this article for a little bit now, Mac, and that is maybe a reflection of me being a little lazy, a little sidetracked. I can't call you out for that. I'm glad that it's finally out there because I think this is something that really needs to be celebrated as much as possible. In the wake of the World Championships, I sat down with some of Europe's best paddlers and spoke about where the sport is at in that continent because they had their best ever world championships three paddlers in the top 10 we had gordon harbreck from germany in fourth walter bazan from spain in fifth and frenchman 
and honorary Aussie, but still Frenchman, Valentin Hennot in ninth place. It was an incredible result and signaled their arrival on the international stage. It's not to discount what people have done in the past, but this time around, Europe outperformed Australia in terms of how many paddlers were in the top 10. Ouch. And Mac, I love to see it. Well, you did your part. Yes, good point, actually. Yeah, 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 everyone else. You can can throw... (laughs) That's exactly right. You did your part. We did not do our part, but you certainly did your part. But Mac... This is really exciting for the sport that it's gotten to this point now. I think we keep bringing it up, right? And we've said it in the past. We said it at the last World Championships that ran in 2021. Yes, there was a reduced field, obviously heavily dominated by the European contingent. So it hasn't. it's not that there hasn't been done in the past. There was still a lot there in 2021. But the 2022 field that lined up was by, prob- by all reports the best field that's basically lined up at a surf ski event only missing really Sean Rice and Tommy Norton. Um, and Austin Kiefer. And Austin Kiefer. Sorry. My apologies, Austin. That's actually terrible of me. He still looks incredibly fit, by the way. Yeah, he's been, still been paddling. It's yeah, like well, wintertime over there. But So, yeah, I think it's just, it shows, it's a true testament to where they are and how mm. things are progressing. It's not something that we're foreign to, pardon the pun. It's not something that we're new. It's, it's not new news, right? But I think it's just so much more apparent that now it's actually happened on a world stage. And once it's like the four-minute mile, right? Like once it's done by one person, then it opens the floodgates for everyone else. So those guys knocking at the door, Walter and Gordon, who have been there and they've been a staple for the last you know five years, they've got fourth and fifth. And then you look at Bernardo Pereira, sorry, and Val obviously as well. They get in the top ten. Someone like Bernardo Pereira finishes one behind Corey Hill. That's his starting point, right? As an 18-year-old, 19-year-old. So, like, where's the trajectory after after that? And I think that's what we're excited to see. I'm glad that you mentioned Bernardo because, yes, it's not new that Europeans are performing well on the international stage. But what is new is the emergence of a pure surf ski bred paddler in Bernardo mm. Pereira from Portugal. There's so many really exciting young paddlers from all across Europe. But for me, he's the one that I feel most excited about their future because one, he is purely a surf ski paddler. He said in this article too, I really enjoy getting the chance to chat with him as well, that he has spent time in a kayak, but he sees himself as a downwind paddler. He's someone who's been really influenced and shaped by Oscar Chalupski, who of course now lives in Portugal and has had a lot to do with Bernardo's career as well. And he's got big dreams. He says, like everyone else, his dream is to become the world champion, to become the best putter in the world. And I know that we did have a discrepancy about whether he's 18 or 19. I still thought he was 18. But look, he's under 23s now anyway. I think he might still be 18. But he finished 12th overall at the world championships. That is an incredible result for a paddler who last year was still a junior. It's really impressive stuff. He's right on the pace. And I'm so interested to see where his career ends up. I don't actually know, Mac. I saw something online that suggests Bernardo is coming to Australia. Yes, so I actually spoke to Oscar at length about him. Well, Oscar spoke to me. I didn't really say much over in Standard. Malaysia. Yeah, <laughs> can't get that man to talk the leg off an armchair underwater. But he was saying that Bernardo will rival Corey Hill at the doctor, which, I mean, Oscar does have a tendency okay. to embellish some stories which Corey i love Hill, about of him. course the only paddler who's actually won four titles of the doctor but yeah sure yeah so i mean it's 
if that if there is and there is truth to what Oscar says, and if there's any truth in it, that means that he's obviously a far better downwind paddler than he is a flat water paddler, and he got twelfth in flat water conditions. So, I guess world watch out, hey. Well, he lives on an island in Madeira where the World Championships yes. are actually in a couple of years' time. So I'm really, gee, you can imagine how he's going to be paddling in two years' time with that home knowledge as well. It's going to be really exciting. Some of the comments that Gordon made, I, I, you know, I always love chatting to Gordon. He's a very yeah, deep thinker and has a great perspective on the sport. But he wasn't surprised at all by what happened at the World Championships. And he laughed about the fact that it goes to show how much the sport has grown when Gordon's now winning races around the world, but he still can't win a European Championships. Of course, which Valentin Hennot did win this year. Val, as well, who now has spent the last couple of years in Australia, he's previously lived in Cape Town. He, he said he was so impressed by not just the way the sport's grown in numbers, in what he saw when he went back home, but also in its speed and competitiveness as well. So that is no doubt going to continue. There's so many... Really strong female paddlers as well. Judith Burgess from Spain, one of those who is continually pushing the pace. We're even seeing paddlers come out of Ireland now as well, which is a product of them having an international race there each year. So, so excited for their future. Uh, I was going to say I'm going to continue to look over my shoulder, but, mate, I was smoked by, I reckon, six <laughs> yeah, you're or seven gonna have Europeans. To, you're going to look forward, mate. Uh, so there was three Germans in the top 20 at Worlds as well, guys who had never paddled before. Mads Pedersen race the world championship thankfully i did get him the world marathon champion but more and more people starting to take an interest so it is so exciting to see number two mckenzie reveals motive behind move to epic wow we referenced this on the last episode of the podcast mac we're both good friends with danielle you train with her a bit i'm actually on the epic race team None of us saw this coming. Yes. And especially not saw this coming so close to the doctor as well. So Danielle McKenzie has announced her move to Epic Kayaks effective immediately, which means she will be racing in Epic at the $265,000 Shore and Partners WA Race Week in what is admittedly a big roll of the dice. She says that. She hasn't hidden from it, saying, honestly, it's such a tricky time to be changing skis, but I don't think there is a good time. I agree with that. Um, I think there's probably times that are better than others, but there's a bad, there's a bad time. <laughs> but it's a really exciting change for Danielle. It's something that has been in the works for a while, and we did kind of reflect on that in quite an honest article on the Padlet News. Mac, to begin with, what are your thoughts about Danielle's move to Epic? <sighs> it's risky, right? That's a, it's a massive move. Like it's it if you said like when would be the worst time to change craft. You would have to say three weeks, two and a half weeks before the doctor would be that time, unless you like you change the week of. But no one's ever going to do that, so it's like it's a pretty brave step, I think, from her, which is sort of speaks testament to who she is in a way. Like I really don't think that. Yeah, that's right. She's someone you could paddle on like a door frame, and the girl would probably still win. The lady, she's not a girl. She knows that, right? Like she's not too inhibited by things obviously she believes in what she believes and and that's a big part of it too like just the belief of it she's also someone that you probably have to remember that like there's nothing else either this might be naively speaking or maybe speaking out of term but with fen like she's literally achieved everything right well that's exactly right she has achieved everything she's in the racing sense she started in the sport on her meteoric rise through the sport. And even even recently at the World Championship, she was paddling a fan. And she does say that. She says, don't get me wrong, I really like the fan spark and the Elite S, but 
And I didn't switch because I didn't like the skis. I just switched because I needed a change and a fresh start. Mm-hmm. Now, Mac, I don't know if you heard that noise, but that was a gunshot. And it was actually a historical gunshot because probably the first shot in the Great Paddle War, if we cast our minds back a little bit further, that's right, we are going to have to delve into it a little bit now because it all is part of what has kind of happened with race one since. For Danielle, the first kind of rumblings of her potentially moving away from Fenn was when race one did arrive on the scene. At that Mm -hmm. time, Danielle was still supported by Shaw and Partners. There were some things that were going on in the background to that, but essentially it wasn't an ultimatum as such, but to continue receiving that same level of support she was, it was a fact that she was going to have to start using race one or potentially look into race one. Now that has been disputed by people on both sides of the great paddle war however (laughs) for danielle she wanted to continue continue using bennett paddles and that essentially started the wheels in motion for her one move away from the shore and partners race team which is something that i think both sides it's fair to say you know that might have been a good resolution for both sides it wasn't one just dropping the other i think there was a bit of dialogue there and that was the outcome that everyone came to um and secondly, too, I guess her move away from Fenn, because in Australia, of course, Dean Gardner imports Fenn Surskis at Ocean Paddler, who put on all of the great races that we are so lucky to be able to go to. And while leaving Shore and Partners did not mean Danielle had to leave Ocean Paddler and Fenn, I think for Danielle, she wanted to try and make what she calls a fresh start yep. and try and take on a new adventure. So, and I want to make that point, and so did Danielle too. Like, she didn't speak with any ill intent when she did the article. In fact, she was the complete opposite. She asked me to really make a point of showing her gratitude towards Dean and Ocean Paddler. To quote her, she said, Dean was the one who helped me get into the sport by lending me skis for races and introducing me to all the contacts overseas. I'm so grateful for that support. And then once I started getting some results, Earl Evans from Shore and Partners brought me onto the race team. And she does say we were so lucky to be supported by Shaw and Partners, particularly through COVID when we did no racing at all and still received that support, which I know was something that we've spoken about well back in the start of the podcast too, because a lot of brands had to cut down their support. Shaw and Partners stood by their athletes, and including Corey and Michael Booth at the time as well. Uh, of course, they still are on the race team. And Danielle says she really enjoyed that time of her life and all the experiences, but she just got to a point where she wanted to get back to the enjoyment behind why she began paddling in the first place. Now, there have been whispers, there have been suggestions of ill feelings between parties on all of this, but you know what? To be completely honest, I'm quite close with everyone involved and I think everyone just wants the other party to be happy. They're thankful for what's happened, but Mac, these things come to an end and they've moved in a different direction and I think it's probably for the best for everyone. I think you've couldn't have put that any better. All good things must come to an end at some stage. And I guess if you, and, and, as, and as they do, if they truly do feel or want the other party or each each or each party to have the best outcome, then they're okay with the situation and what's occurred. Yeah, that's exactly right. Now, another interesting part to this as well is the silent bidding war that was essentially started when word got around that Danielle was going <laughs> to be making a move. There were a lot of people saying that a deal was done with Nello or thereabouts. I did speak with Danielle about that and she said, no, it wasn't the case. Um, In fact, I think she may receive correspondence from Oscar after the epic announcement was made just saying, why didn't you call me? Um, But (laughs) 
For Danielle, she says she wanted to feel comfortable in the ski. It's taken her a while to have made her mind up that she wanted to paddle the epic skis. Um, she settled on the V11 for now, which I find really interesting. It has that similarity to her spec skis, that little bit shorter. For me, I paddle the V12 because I like the top speed that it can hit in terms of pushing over those runs. Um, the V11 is so good for surfing around intricate technical kind of conditions, which we may well get over in WA. Yes. So now comes the big test, Mac, and that's to see how she goes. Of course, we've spoken so much about that women's race over there. Danielle does say it's a relief for her to have this finally sorted. So, Mac, I think we might start to see a more confident Danielle back on the water again. Couldn't agree more. I think it's going to be, and we've touched on this, like you just said, this is going to be the most exciting. It's almost going to be more exciting than the men's, right? Um, yeah. There's three athletes there. Four, Anna. But they're just going to go neck and neck, and I w- it wouldn't surprise me if there was a different result for basically every race, which is which is all you could ask for. Um, but yeah, big confidence. Yeah. I think I think she'll take confidence out of this. Um, she definitely goes off what a bit of belief and what she believes in um, makes a whole a whole world of difference to her on race day. So it'll be exciting, and geez, we're all looking forward to it. Number one. Number one. Notton no longer heading to Australia after last-minute medical advice. Well, this was some news that we did not see coming. But to be honest, as a mate of Nicky and also as someone who is a big supporter of his career, I'm really glad that he's made it. It's no secret that Nick Norton, the 2021 world champion, hasn't been at his best this year. Even when we were over in Portugal, I asked Nicky how he was going, and he said he was going fine and there was no issues. However, speaking to some of the other guys from South Africa who know him quite well, they said, look, he's been struggling with illness on and off a lot this year, and it's kept him off the water. Um, and it's been quite tough to see Nicky and his K2 partner, Andy Burkett, who, of course, won the K1 world title at the Marathon Championships. They were unable to finish the K2 race. Uh, a decision was made to kind of pull out of that race once they had fallen off the pace just to try and preserve Nick's chances at the world titles as well. Nick finishing 11th, 10th at the world championships because he did beat the great Corey Hill in a sprint finish that neither of them really wanted to have been in a sprint <laughs> finish for 10th place up the beach. But again, even after that, Nicky didn't give any excuses. Uh, he went back home for the Pete Marlin where he was the defending champion and finished 6th. Uh, a bit off the pace there, but again, no whispers. And then came this bombshell that he was not getting on the plane. The decision was made three hours before his flight was supposed to take off, which you would hazard actually a suggestion that he should have been at the airport by then. He is the um, most... Knowing Nick's absolute no chance. Yeah, he wouldn't have been packed. <laughs> and maybe for good reason as well, because he actually did get a call from the doctor's the afternoon before with the blood test results that he had been waiting quite a while for saying look, there is actually something wrong here. You do have the Epstein-Barr virus, which does lead to glandular fever and does have a lot of influence on fatigue-related issues. He also indicated that he had really high markers of viral fatigue, which means that he has also been battling virus for a while. Now, whether that is glandular fever, whether that was COVID or multiple bouts of COVID, it's unclear. But the reality is that science said Nikki was not well enough, and the only way for him to get better was to rest. Not an easy decision to make when you have an all-expenses trip paid to Australia, um, and also a flaw here at the beautiful... Well, actually, no, we are in our bunker, but if I wasn't in our underground bunker, I would be sitting at my house in Queenscliff. Nicky was going to come and stay with me until the 20 beaches, but he won't be making that trip. Mac, let's start with what it means for the sport. Nicky Norton, one of the great paddlers. It's a big blow to the field to not have him here in WA. Massive. 
And uh, to go back to Pete Marlin, he actually won the double ski with Andy Burkett on the second day. Yeah, yeah, great like point. It's, Still back It's up. not like he's when he's on, he's on, right? Like it's actually really impressive to watch him at the gorge take the worst line down the river and just paddle the whole way and get second and, you know, not far behind Kenny. On his good days, he's still amazing. Even battling all of this, it's just getting back to those consistent results and even the consistent paddling or the consistent feeling of being healthy that you need to take the time. And it is such a big blow. And I guess we were seeing hints of it in the back part of the World Championships and then the Pete Marlin, like those individual races where he wasn't really challenging at the front, um, which after like seeing all the results of 2021, you would you would be shocked, and as I was. So, like you said, I think it's a good decision from Nick's because this is by no means going to be an easy week. Like I'm already thinking uh, I'm going to be basically like bedridden for a week afterwards, and I would hate to go in there feeling anything but 100%. So I think for the longevity, it's a great... It's a great decision. Um, I'm not going to lie. I actually sent Nick's a, a bit of a thank you message because now I don't have to do the dash for cash. Go straight through. <laughs> I was like, I'm so sorry, but thank you because I don't oh, really feel like sprinting dear. on the Friday. So dear, dear, dear. it is it is a blow. Like, you know, he was second last time round at the doctor and, and going off the trajectory of his paddling in 2021, he was going to be fighting for that top spot. Well, he was second at the doctor in 2019. Yeah, so exactly. I think you touched on the most important part there, Macker, is that he's made the right decision. Um, I had a pretty lengthy chat to Nick the other night, not just for the article, but just checking in on him as a mate as well. And I think he knows that. It doesn't make it any easier nah, it to accept. But he does know that in order for his long-term health, he, he simply has no choice. And although he would have had an incredible time in Australia, you know, Macker, that as much as I do, because I had it in Portugal, there is nothing worse than going away for a race, doing poorly, or at least below expectation. And in Nick's case, let's say he does come across and didn't have a great WA race week. He still has four weeks until he's back home, where he also has a life, he has a partner as well, and all of these things, you don't want to be making that sacrifice if you're not able to give your best account of yourself. So Nick certainly made the right decision. I think he's made a brave decision as well, an honourable decision too. Like he had to call... Earl from Shore and Partners, who Shore and Partners are flying out, a lot of the South African paddlers for them to compete. And Nick's had to say, I'm so sorry, but I simply can't get on this flight. He had to tell Dean that the boat that he got wouldn't be able to be used. And there are a lot of people that are affected by this too, but everyone's had a really big level of support and really happy for Nick's just to try and get himself right. So from everyone here at the Paddlers Pod, yeah. the whole team, Speedy which Mac, of course, is just you and I, we want Nick's <laughs> to have a full recovery um, and we want to see him back being himself and, and enjoying his racing again too because, God, he's one of the best blokes oh, on the scene as well. Isn't we he? want him at his absolute best. Yeah, all the time. Uh, we just want Nick's to be healthy, fit, and just back to a normal self. I think it's worth me noting as well. It actually came just a couple of days after we had organized a, one of the pre-production shoots for the documentary that we are going to be showing on the WA Race Week, Kenny and Nicky training side by side. A bit of a feature story about the two of them, best mates, train side by side and are now going to race each other for the title and the doctor. So, look, is it good timing that then Nick's a few days later found out that he wouldn't be able to come? I think it actually adds to... We're going to actually get to see the fact bit that, you know... Spice. A bit of late drama because, unfortunately, you know, he was going to be one of the contenders here. So, Nicky, mate, we love you and we want you to rest up and uh, we will be seeing you soon. Um, as for us, Macca, well, 
We say seeing you soon. Who knows? Maybe we won't because just after this short break, we are stepping out onto the battlefield. We are going to wade into the Great Paddle War and we don't know yeah. if we're ever going to come What's back alive. So. Come, that's a good point. <laughs> now, question number one to you, Mackenzie Heinard. Have you gone to washrider.com to get your K1 mounts? And how is that going with you trying to navigate using your watch in a new craft as well? I haven't yet. And I think that's part and parcel for the fact that I just haven't been kayaking since I got back from Worlds. Maybe when I do, and I think Sky's not home at the moment, but uh, well, she's not in the bunker with me. She's actually at work, which is incredible to be out there braving it. But Wow, brave. I know. Wow, that is brave. <laughs> but uh, I'm definitely, that's, I, that's my number one gift for Christmas that I want for myself. So it's only a matter of time. I've still got some days left, but I know time's going to run out. Well, you know what, Maka, what I am going to say is that you've been beaten to the punch because plenty of people have been loading up at washrider.com using their little discount as well, uh, the Paddler's Pod. And I say that quietly because I'm not exactly sure if it's the Paddler's Pod or Paddler's Pod. Now, that's that. on me because I'm not prepared. Punch them all in. Because <laughs> Just go you for may it. get a surprise. Hopefully you get 40% off. You may get off. nothing. Double, yeah, double you may up. get nothing at all. You may get... 40% off. You may get 10% off, which I actually think is oh. the correct amount that you will get off if you go to washrider.com. <laughs> But Mac, there is actually a different product that I want to highlight today because we always talk about the big ticket items. And for good reason, those wire racks, the greatest roof racks that have ever been built. It's undeniable and we say that enough as well. But for me, the seat screws. The seat screws. Now, this is a big one in the kayaking world, Macca, that we're stepping away from surf ski for just a moment. Now, you may not have found no, this I'm out yet, well but the screws that come with so many of our brands of kayaks Rust. No, they don't. And they rust quite easily. It's probably a reason. Now, being the engineer that Kieran Babich from Wash Rider is, he's looked at that and gone, no, we actually need to make something better. A lot of them have very short threads, so that's quite hard for you to kind of put into place as well. Kieran has gone out and just designed his own, and that is the kind of work and thought that has gone into all of the products on washrider.com. They are all designed by a paddler themselves, himself. In Kieran's case, not just a kayaker, he loves his surf ski paddling as well here on Sydney's northern beaches. So if you haven't got to Wash Rider yet, please do because there isn't much time and you want to try and get these things done before Christmas. <laughs> We've spoken about why I'm that's important, that. but you need to get that done because you might miss out. So washrider.com, that includes you, okay. Macca. Get there for 10% off, I believe, if you use the code, the Paddlers Pod. Who knows what's going to happen? Maybe you'll get a little treat, maybe you won't. For the first time in the Paddlers Pod history, we are running back-to-back -back ads. Yes, that is right. We are corporate sellouts who have oh, something else to push. But done? in this scenario, it is not another supporter of the Paddlers Pod, of which we do value very deeply. It's ourselves. As if we haven't done enough <laughs> shameless self-promotion of who we are and what we're doing. We want to remind you that our first ever live show is happening who this Sunday. This coming Sunday at the Shore and Partners WA Race Week, welcome barbecue at Sorrento Surf Lifesaving Club. That barbecue starts at 4 o'clock. The support act to that is actually going to be happening afterwards at 6 o'clock for our first ever live show. We are really looking forward to having a beer with all of you. We're going to have Dean Gardner. We're going to have Oscar Chalupski, and we are going to be talking trash. Let's make no Absolute two words about nonsense. this. It is not going to be like a usual recording of the pod where we speak about the latest in news no. which well, i'm sure we are going to cover because we're going to have the winners of the west coast down win there but we are going to be asking the questions that you often can't ask 
And it's going to be so much fun. Mac, have you got anything up your sleeve for Oscar? The big O or Dean as well? Yeah, I've got plenty. I can't wait. Just to have a beer, catch up with some friends. This might actually be the quickest turnaround between podcasts. We might have to do more live shows, hey? Well, for anyone who can't make it and is currently thinking, why are you telling me about this when we actually don't <laughs> what, get yeah, a chance to experience it? I don't it, give a shit. You will actually get the chance to experience it because we are going to be filming this and putting it on YouTube and out through our normal podcast channels so that you can feel involved. In fact, listeners, can you hear this? Can you hear that, Matt? Because that's a that's a big fat box of t-shirts that I'm bringing across oh, that we'll be getting God. handed out as well. No, can no t-shirt come with a question. So, if you start thinking now about a question you want to throw to either Oscar or Dean or maybe ourselves, Mac, uh, I'm not sure whether we'll be taking questions for our winners of the West Coast Downwind. But if you've got one, hey, scream it out. We'll just ask it anyway. Yeah. Please Roving start mark. thinking about that for our first ever live show this Sunday, November twenty. Actually, how are you feeling about doing a live show? I haven't thought Speaking, much about it. I reckon I'll there be There could like, be no well, one there. There yeah, could be hundreds which would be of nice people there. Because if there's no one there and it's just a couple of our mates, and there's like a, if there's 100 people there, I'm going to be like, oh, actually, a little bit nervy. Oscar's actually... Might have some juice. Oscar's so pumped. The greatest showman. He, he's commenting on all of our social platforms saying how far, how much he's looking forward to it. Commented twice. On the one Facebook post. Twice. First time saying, oh, looking forward this... to being part of the show. Second time, very happy to be part of this. And so wow. are we, Oscar. And you can be part of this as well. The Big Top at Sorrento Surf Lifesaving Club at the Shoreham Partners WA Race Week. Welcome, Barbecue, 6 p.m. this Sunday. We can't wait. Hope to see you there. Okay. Now, before I begin, Mac, I want to say thank you. I want to say this I love you. Um, yeah, it's been an incredible be. ride because we are so it's now gone about 42, to... 42 episodes long, yeah. but this is where it's may may just all come to an 42 end. 42 episodes, 28 years. It's been an awesome run. Um, okay. Look, I actually, it's you know what? I want to start by pleasure. saying this. We've been making, you know, we're making light of the situation because I think that's what one thing we have wanted to do because we generally do make light of these situations because... I think it's our it's our way of, not, not a coping mechanism, but maybe just... A way of dealing yeah, with it. Yeah, that's exactly right because there is a lot of passion and there is a lot of emotion in what has been happening as well in the Great Paddle War, as we have dubbed it. Now, before we begin, we need to put all of our, not conflicts on the table, but our declarations on the table Conflict as well. of interest, yeah, of, of past interests, of future interests, of happening interests. Okay, let me, let me get out, let me get out my, my book because there is a lot to say here. Firstly, off the top, it's important to note that Macca and I both use Bennett paddles. Now, Mac, you have been supported by Bennett for a long time. Mm-hmm. I have been supported by Bennett for less of a time. And my extent of Bennett support is that Tank kindly gave me a new paddle when I had to take my old one repaired and to get repaired. One, and when I say my one old I, one, one, I mean I your old you. one. <laughs> I mean your old one. That is correct. Secondly, we have quite a long history with not just Dean Gardner and Jimmy Walker, who were involved in race one, but also Earl Levins, who is involved as well. Mac, you were on the Shore and Partners race team for a number of years before they right, rightly booted you to the curb. Um, that, Ouch. <laughs> right. that did, Okay, I guess no, we're going that there. Did, no, we're having fun. That did happen a couple of years ago, Mac. Um, you parted ways with Shore and Partners. By no means is there ill feelings there in that you can't work together. You know, Shore and Partners are actually flying both of us to WA. They've paid for our flights and our accommodation as athletes. 
Um, Shore and Partners are also advertisers on the Paddler.news website. They aren't advertisers on the big podcast, supporters. but it is still, that's right. They, they are big supporters of everything we do. And Race One has actually been in touch as well and wanting to advertise on the website as well, which will no doubt start to appear soon. Okay. Now that we've got that out of the way. And maybe your production that's going ahead. That's right. Yeah, no, of course. Literally have got me to do the WA Race Week production as well. Um, and that that isn't just Sean Partners. That's that's Dean's involvement as well because it is his event. Okay, where do we start with all of this? I think, it, I think it's right problem. to go... I think it's right for us to go back to the beginning, okay? Now, there have been, as we mentioned in the number two power play with Danielle, there have been a number of rumblings that have been going on. For a long time, Bennett was the paddle supplier of the Shore and Partners race team. That mm-hmm. affiliation stopped at the start of the year. Now, we are both aware that emails have been leaked from that correspondence between Earl and Tank Bennett. I don't think it's our place to go into that because they have been sent around the paddling community. But for me, Still Malcolm, private, we had... Right? We had the conversation at the time when that happened about whether we brought that up on the podcast and we both decided no because that is private correspondence. Mm-hmm. Now, what has changed is that it went from private to very, very public just last week when there was a, an exchange of Facebook comments. Greg Bennett, who of course has been running Bennett Paddles for a very long time, he before that he was paddling and racing for an even longer time. Tank's been mm-hmm. around the scene. Greg commented on a race one photo of Ali Day before the Coolangatta Gold, essentially asserting or suggesting that there is a chance that it could have been a Bennett paddle that instead been covered up and slapped on with race one stickers to use for Ali in the gold. Now, Ali was a longtime paddler on the, the Bennett race team and has now made the switch to the race one team as well. And that was loose. Yeah. That was a that was a really hectic comment. Look. Is it for us to say whether or not that is the case? Well, to be honest, I think the reality is that when Earl Evans jumped on on his private account and did reply to that comment on Facebook, it wasn't denied. So read from that what What you you will. will. Race 1 also did not jump on and deny that as well. Just on that alone, because we don't have official confirmation whether that did or didn't happen, we can only draw assumptions of which we don't want to draw assumptions I think everyone's in agreement that would be a bad look. If that was to have happened, that's a bad look. I think for everyone involved. Yep. You agree, Mark? Uh, yep, agree, 100%. You're doing well okay. to navigate this. I like this. Okay, we're watching our steps as we walk through this minefield across the battleground. Then comes the issue of the response and the exchange between Tank and Earl, which did get somewhat personal. It moved away from what was, I guess, essentially had the potential to be a personal, you know, a professional rather exchange between the two. But let's be real. Anytime anyone's commenting on Facebooks in a Facebook argument isn't going to be professional and it's always going to be messy. Some of the content that got raised in that was 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 pretty personal as well. It's not our place to repeat that, quite frankly, because I don't want us to get involved in that. And I did make this reference on the last episode of the podcast is that a lot of people have been taking sides in this and, you know, sure, so bad. Everyone's got a lot of passionate feelings about this. I don't know if that's necessarily mandatory for people to do. You can think what has happened in terms of both personal comments from both sides, also professional developments in the business relationships here. You can think it's all not good. You can think it's all good and that's okay. There doesn't need to be one worse than the other or something like that. You know, we don't need to be drawing sides to that extent. Um, 
Mac, on this front, we can both agree that those comments are not good for our sport. No, I don't. Like you said, sorry, I don't think taking any professional feud onto Facebook is good for anything. And then when it takes a personal avenue, then obviously things just really start to unwind. And like you said, I think we can all agree that Harvey Specter, if anyone watched Suits, his famous quote was, you should never embarrass a man in public when you can achieve the same in private. Oh, wow. Powerful quote. Hectic. That's good. And I think, you know, you're right. I think it draws some resonance there as well. So... Look, I think the point that we want to make on the personal side of the the fence is that one, we actually, and I know many people have been asking, we don't actually have to weigh into that because no, nah, I'm in Switzerland, I'm hanging yeah. there, it's nice here. Yeah. I've just come out. Of we're the seeing we're seeing the bombs flying cold. overhead. We're seeing them on our Facebook newsfeed, and I'm not surprised that it has gotten personal, not just in terms of what was said between Tank and Earl, but also some of the athletes that represent both brands as well, because there is a lot of history yes. between a lot of people on each side of the fence. One point that Earl did make, which we are going to come back to later, is that he would like to see Tank put more support into the racing scene. Now, that is essentially where, if you speak to race one, the idea for the paddle brand started. What we can talk about is that there, is an, there was an annual fee rather that was put to some of the brands to have been involved with the Shaw and Partners race team. And it wasn't, you know, necessarily an exorbitant fee, but it was a fee that, that to no. brands and businesses, you know, you do have to put money in your pocket to be involved. And there was a questioning of what those that money was going towards. Now, whether or not that was right or wrong to, you know, to, to question, I don't care. It's not our business. But as a result, those involved in race one, who is Jimmy Walker, who is, you know, a very experienced paddler in Australia on the surf life saving scene and also an Olympian as well. Dean Gardner and Earl Evans, who are all good friends, decided we want to try and start our own brand of paddles that we put all of the profits back into supporting racing, which has happened. That is race one. That's what they promote. That's what they advertise. Now, it's not necessarily clear to you or I, Maka, whether anyone does get paid out of this. You would assume that because Jimmy is putting a lot of time in it, there is a business brand involved. Now, Race One have said that all profits get donated to racing, which has already been seen. Race One is supporting the Shore and Partners Race Week. They support the Australian Ocean Racing Series. They supported the Cooling Gator Gold as well. So already we're seeing summer that surf. money. The Summer of Surf, Surf Life Saving Series is another one. We are seeing that money instantly be getting put back into the racing. On that point, our next point, Macca, I think we can agree that's good. The more support for racing that there is, the better. <laughs> good, bad. This is a hard place to play, right? There isn't just good and bad, but I guess we're just trying to make, not assumptions, we're just trying to make sense of what's happening into good and bad. The realms. reality is, is that this has become really tangled and a lot of people have very passionate feelings about this for good reason. And the fact yeah. that Race One supports sports and events in a very clear and large way they are putting they are putting money into sport that doesn't necessarily you know it it shouldn't demean what bennett has done for athletes over the years and supporting races as well now is race one now supporting events more than bennett well i guess by the money value you say yes but that doesn't mean that tank isn't supporting races and athletes because he has done that for a really long time 
Oh. Some people are just in a position to do it more than others. Yes. And that, that comes from a business decision, if I can just jump in, right? Like, you look at... It started with Barry Bennett, right? Like, that's been going on for decades. You know? And the late Barry Bennett, he was amazing in what he set up for the surfing and surf life-saving movement. And Tank followed through with that. It just isn't the same financial prize money that has been... You know, for the amount of time that Tank would have sat in that paddle cave, meticulously making those paddles and making them perfect and putting the little final touches on things for people and like not charging for that, like charging for the paddle, but there's more to it. There's a love in it. So I think that's probably what I'll say is that you can't forget the decades of work that's been done by some years of prize money. That's exactly right. Now, here's another point that I think some people might, you know, potentially feel attacked by is that a lot of people's feelings towards race one are a reflection of perhaps how they feel about Sean Partners, which comes back to a jealousy to not being involved. Now, let's be real. There are a lot of people who rightfully are jealous of the support that a lot of athletes receive from Sean Partners. For example, we're seeing it at the WA Race Week. They're bringing across a lot of athletes, many of whom are from the surf lifesaving world who have never done an ocean ski race before in their lives. And their first event is getting to go to the Shore and Partners WA Race Week, all expenses paid. Now, that is by no means to say those athletes haven't earned it. But my point is, is that there are athletes who have put their money and time into ocean ski racing for a long time who do feel hard done by. Now, that isn't to say that Shore and Partners... You know, like for, for me personally, I look at you, for example, Mac, we're best mates, we've, we have been for a long time. I think it was about 2016 that I stepped away from ocean ski racing, uh, or maybe 2015, I stepped back. You had won an under 23 world title by that point. I think I was fifth or sixth. Um, and I made the decision to start racing K1s for a little while and racing clubbies again. In the meantime, you put more time into ocean ski paddling, continued to improve to a level where you were supported by Shore and Partners on the race team, getting to go to events like Molokai and stay in the five-star Halakalani Resort with your girlfriend at the time. And, you know, I think your dad went across as well. You know, all these incredible opportunities. Now, I looked at that and thought, gee, I would like to do that, but I'm aware that I did not put in the time and the effort and the dedication to earn that. And I think that's something that a lot of people do get lost by when it comes to Shore and Partners' involvement in the sport. Undeniably, they have taken our sport to a new level, not just in Australia, but internationally as well. The amount of uh, international competitors they've been able to bring out to their events and help lift that standard to has been astronomical. And for me, the big one, in fact, potentially their biggest legacy is that when they started sponsoring these events, they instantly said, equal prize money for men and women. That was not happening in our sport before that. And Hayley yeah. Nixon actually, many episodes ago now when she was on the podcast, spoke very passionately about that and what that meant for her as a female athlete and the effect that it had for female racing. She said it was an instantaneous difference in noticing more and more women coming to these events and the standard instantly lifted. If that decision was not made, I don't think we would see the standard of women's racing that we do today and that we are going to see in this next coming week. And personally, I actually feel like a lot of people overstate the or overlook the significance of that. And they look towards the bells and whistles things and think, oh, it's no longer now you turn up, you have a beer, no one really cares because there's so much money on the line and that the character of the sport's been taken away. I personally think that Sean Partner's involvement undeniably is for the best. 
Yeah. And I, know, I personally know some people who have tried to mount a case otherwise before, but I, I, I say that they're flat out wrong. Now, does that mean that because I think that, that we have to think some of the things that have happened around the race one Bennett Great Paddle War are, you know, are all okay and fine? Well, no, we don't have to think that as well. It's not one or the other. So The grey area. Yeah, I think it's gotten to a really interesting point at the moment. Um, I know that that's not to say that neither side is trying to work amicably to be together. Of course, Race 1 now expanding to be selling brasher paddles as well. You know, <laughs> there are rumours flying around of what could and couldn't have been said there. But for Brasher, well, of course, Brasher is going to start selling, selling them to another distributor here in Australia because Brasher is a business. Race one's a business and Bennett's Why a business not, as well. Why would you not, right? Look, as like, far as I understand at the moment, and we may get many messages and phone calls about this, but like, it's not going to stop Bennett selling Brasher. No, it's just going to be like... In the same way that, that Bennett previously sold Yantex and before that sold, I believe, sold Meek Paddles as well. Now... Yeah, most definitely. A lot of people have been saying it's one or the other here in Australia. Spare a thought for someone like Chad Meek, who is a very committed... Uh, paddle manufacturer here in Australia. He makes the paddles himself, unlike a lot of others, including Bennett and Race One. He doesn't import them to Australia. He actually makes them. And I think he gets overlooked a lot of the time. I saw someone say, you know, we should be supporting Bennett because, you know, they're Australian made paddles. Well, they're actually paddles made by Brasher. The shafts are coming in from China. And I certainly don't begrudge that. I use that and I love that. But someone like Chad Meek is actually making the paddles themselves. So, yeah, I think the more people that are doing things in the paddle world, the better because it makes more competition that ultimately the consumer is going to benefit from because for me, that's what it's all about. I'm more concerned with the base of our sport than essentially the top ends. I actually only bought a Meek paddle, you know, a couple of months ago and I wanted to pay for that paddle because I want to support the work that people are doing in this world and, and, and that's not limited to Meek being, you know, the best or something like that. I just want to support people because people support us in the sport. What do you reckon, Mac? Does that, do you have anything else to add or is that just about cover us off? Because I, I think we've, I, I, I oh, hope people understand look, what we're trying I to I think say. there's multiple, there's multiple things to add in this front. There's probably a few things that have happened that I would pose the question to our listeners and maybe everyone else around, maybe not the listeners, maybe they send this off to someone else, but how the roles would be reversed I think a simple solution may have been that Ali said, I'd love to come to race one, but after the cool and got a gold, that may have stopped any sort of animosity or... Well, Mac, what you're doing at the moment, Macca, is the equivalent of having cleared that minefield, which I think we did a pretty good job of earlier. You're now running back to that minefield to clear it again. Watch, (laughs) which... Which I tell you what, Macca, says a lot about you, the kind of guy that you are, but I think you are completely correct. I completely agree with what you're saying, which of course hasn't been officially confirmed that he was using a Bennett paddle, but you're right. This whole thing could have been avoided. There's legality issues as well that, I mean, we've spoken about offline that promotion of, if that is, promotion of a product that is, if that is correct to have been um, painted over, that turns into a bit of a legality issue, but we won't spend too much time there on this dangerous minefield. Um... Well, I don't, I, to, to be honest, right, to come back to that for a second, I actually don't know what laws have been broken. Like, I don't, I don't know. It's, it would be ethically wrong, but I don't think the laws have been broken uh, around that. Ethically, if you, 
If you own a paddle and cover it up and just say it's yours and you paid for it, yes. As a business, if you if Coca-Cola was to just put a sticker over a Pepsi and call it theirs, if we're saying that's what happened, that's a, that's a definite legality issue. Well, yes, if they were to sell it though. But if we're talking, well, if, even if it was well, to be promotion, proven that it was promotion to sell. Anyway, let's not stay. What, let's Macca? not stay here. I neither you or I are legal experts, and it's actually someone. I will. I will to get well, my brother we on did, the phone. We, we did cover off the fact that that's, that's exactly <laughs> At right. An yeah. Oxford scholar. Um, but look, if we we're both agreeing that if that is to have happened, of course it's not good. I don't think anyone out there is going to say, "Yeah, that's good." Like. Clearly, again, if mistakes would yep. have been made, but to be honest, I just don't think that it needs to completely eliminate other good work that everyone involved has been doing in other yep. areas. I think that's fair to say. And you know what? And on that note, I think that's all that needs to be said because Mac, like Yoko Ono and John Lennon once said something about peace. They said something about peace and that the wars should end. <laughs> and that's where you and I are, Mac. We are just... Standing in the middle, throwing up peace signs, waving our peace flags, waving, you know, what we are using, our Bennett paddles in one hand and our Shore and Partner yes. race shirts in the other hand. And we're waving them around together because we just want everyone to get to get along. <laughs> to get along. And on that yes. note, we are going to leave it there. Peace wins today on the Paddlers pod. <laughs> it always does. It always does here. And that is the last you'll hear of us from this bunker because I think it's time we leave the bunker, Mac, and go to the airport because we are going to be coming to you. The next time you hear from us from the Shore and Partners WA Race Week, well, you'll either hear from us live, you'll hear... We haven't confirmed what we're going to do in terms of updates while we are over in WA, potentially something similar to what you heard at both the Gorge and the World Championships as well. But you will be hearing from us on the other side of those plane trips. So thank you so much for your time. Thanks for listening. Thanks for fighting alongside of us. <laughs> it hasn't gone unnoticed. So until next time, wherever you do hear us, take care and enjoy. And come to our live show. The Paddler's Pod with Sam and Macca.